Tom Bernard Show with our very special guest at Acme this week. You can introduce yourself because it sounds better. <laughs> I'm Ryan Hamilton. I just call him RH. RH works. A lot of people call me RH. Do they really? Some people call me Hammy or <laughs> oh, yeah, Hammy, Rye Ham. Rye Ham. Yeah. Good. Ham and Rye. Ham and Rye. Yeah, sure. Um, well, like my name, Tom Bernard, people call me like asshole and. Oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. Anyway. Something's wrong there. Anyway, I don't believe that. Ryan Hamilton. <laughs> I don't believe that. Also in studio is JB, Brandon Simon, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brant Bernard, Cassie Schrader. See, we all came away as winners. You know why, right? Why? Because his initials are BS. Uh, <laughs> yeah. BS. <laughs> it works for me. Do people call you that? No. Yeah. no. Hey, look, that's BS. <laughs> we'll be right back. Kick things off with Ryan Hamilton, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Man, we're talking about somebody who's none of your business who we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I can say it, but there are certain people in the room that I don't want. I don't want to expose them to that kind of stuff. Ryan Hamilton, or R.H., or Ham Rye on Rye, yeah. is here with us. It's great to see you Good again. Good to see you, too. Thanks you know, for having me back. Yeah, it has been a while. I always like having you in. You're a very pleasant person. I try to be, I guess. It pays off, I think. It's just I don't like anxiety. I don't like stress. I don't like conflict. So I try and live in a way that avoids that. Sometimes it's not great. You get taken advantage yeah. of. 
I handle it for both of us. So <laughs> I've got your anxiety. I've got your anger. I got it all sitting over here, Ryan. Everything's good to go. Okay. Yeah, we got it all covered. That's you know full service. That's all we have to say about that. But that is great to see. I, I loved. I don't know if I can call it a line because, as far as I know, it's a statement of fact that you cannot drive from South Idaho to North Idaho without leaving the state. <laughs> That's, That's true. Phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. Stamp. Well, it's not. I mean, I, it, it'd be great if it was, uh, you know, a plan, but it was just. It's, it's really the most remarkable part of the country is right there. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. The interstates form a circle around the right. center of Idaho, and they both... Huh. Yeah. So you can't... You have That's to go so outside of Idaho to get to north? Yeah. Yeah, see, look, these are the interstates, <laughs> and they both go... Well, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's so funny, right? We're hide up here because no one can get to us. <laughs> Which is what they do, right? Right, I guess so. They hide a lot. Yeah. Is well, it because I, of mountains? It's or? because yeah. there's two national forests that make up the entirety of the middle. <laughs> right. Payette. Oh. And Nez Perce Clearwater. Yeah, the and f- Frank so Church Wilderness is there. And it's mm-hmm. very remote and very rugged, rough country. Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's why Ryan yeah. is so rugged and rough himself. <laughs> there actually is a road through them, but it's not an interstate. Oh, okay. Well, you I probably would have be to take like a covered wagon to get up there. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, see, that'll work. Oh, you know what? That story just popped up again, Andy. The Viagra one? This is so bizarre. I'm telling you, they're trying to stir the pot. <laughs> they are. They must be trying to stir the pot. Uh, I saw this thing, and it's apparently uh, Limbaugh not charged, but the doctors might be in hot, wa- hot water. It just popped up about 20 minutes, half an hour ago, and it just popped up again. So I was like, what is this all about? Yeah, it's Viagra. It says in this deal it's Viagra. Oh, not. I think that's wrong. Well, the whole thing's wrong because this story, Andy goes, why are you reading a story from 12 years ago? Oh. I said, what? It just popped up on my news screen here. He goes, what? Yeah. It's from 4th of July. Oh, no, you're right. It is Viagra. In 2006. Mm-hmm. I don't know this story, so well, I'm way behind. I, well, I don't either. But <laughs> yeah. why, why would it keep popping up on my, right. my monitor today? It makes no sense. Yeah, it, that is strange. I want, because like, when people search, like if they search Rush Limbaugh, that story is going to pop up now. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, so it's like they do that for. A, it's kind of like a clickbait type of. Um, what do they? What is it like an algorithm they use? Yeah, for that it is stuff? clickbait. You're yeah. absolutely right about so that. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what's happening. But like I said, I would not put it past it trending on Twitter. Um, Rush Limbaugh, you know, and Viagra, and it's a story from 12 years ago. But people are ago. people aren't going to see the date. They're going to think it's a new story. That's what I did. I didn't even look at the date line. I thought, what? Because I don't know anything about right. Rush Limbaugh. Well, he did have know. that Vicodin addiction. That yeah, he did. Yes, and yes, he did. Didn't he get caught at the airport with that too? I, he some, he got in trouble yeah. for Vicodin in some. Oh wait a minute! This popped up. To, apparently, Lincoln's been shot. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve years old. Just in. Like, what? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this just in. Lincoln takes it deep. Um, I, you know, I don't. My favorite. Rush Limbaugh story has to do with my wife. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I like I'd like anything that my favorite Rush Limbaugh story. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my favorite. There we go. <laughs> but I, you know, Cassie might have to do a little editing at the end because I want to say what she said. 
Okay. Vince Flynn, our very good friend, who was an author, wrote 15 international bestsellers, died at the oh, age sure. of only, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He died at a very young age of prostate cancer, so there was a benefit. They renamed, at St. Thomas Academy, they renamed the gym Vincent J. Vincent, Vincent J. Flynn Auditorium. So we went over there for the dedication and all the rest of it, and there were a bunch of media people there, and people from all over the country, because he, you know, like I said, he's a huge international seller. Right. But... Catherine is on her phone. My wife is on her phone looking at her phone. And all of a sudden, and not, she doesn't take her ha- head up, and there's a guy talking to her next, next to her. And she's still looking at her phone. She walks over to me and does not look up, and she goes, who's that asshole? And I said, it's Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> she goes, oh, what a dork. <laughs> she didn't even bother to look up from her phone. Who's that asshole? Let's rush Limbaugh. But, uh, no, I tell you what, honestly, God, he's the kind of guy, because I the, the only time I've ever met him in person is at that thing. But he, he's the kind of guy that he will look at you and go, okay, it's Ryan Hamilton. What could I get from him? Oh, nothing? Uh-oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, unless, yeah. you can, unless you can give him something or deliver Uh-oh. something, he has no interest in talking to you. I don't think I have anything for Rush Limbaugh. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I used, is he still as big as he was before? I don't know. I, I don't know. No idea. idea. Andy, is, is Rush Limbaugh's show still, what, it used to be like 18 million people a day, something like that? Uh, well, in 2017, his salary was $84 million. What's well, that? So... No. I think God, he's doing okay. Wow. Where is the money coming from? Um, Advertisers. That and people who want to listen to his show, if they can't listen live, they have to pay a monthly fee. Oh. A subscription. What? It's the same thing with like Glenn Beck's show. Man, I could do what he does. Oh, yeah, Glenn Beck. Yeah. yeah, so like a lot of those... Um, People that have those syndicated radio shows, yeah. Coast to Coast yeah. is the same way. Oh, is it? They pay to listen to Dave? Well, no, like, when if you can't listen live, you can get all the archives, but you pay, like, you know, or like Midnight in the Desert. With, Does you Dave know, get all the dough? Not all of it. He gets Her husband point. is a national... Uh, what the, how many shows is he on? Like well, five? He, does, <laughs> he has his podcast, Beyond the Darkness, his True Crime Tuesday podcast, but mm-hmm. then Monday through Friday he does Midnight in the Desert. Right. Um, Which it, was who? That was Art Bell? Art Bell's show. Yeah. Okay. One, uh, one cool thing is we figured out that Dave is the only radio show host that is both um, hosted Coast to Coast and Midnight in the Desert. Yeah, the only other that. one that has done that is Art Bell, and he's the one that created both. Coast to coast and midnight in the desert. Yeah, exactly. huh. um, did but he kill himself? Somebody I told think, me. He, yeah, I think he did because like he did I think his health was declining fast. The midnight in the desert guy. <laughs> yeah, Art Bell. Art Bell. He yeah. had like really bad COPD, and I'm wondering if he had the oh, start of like God. lung can- lung cancer or yeah, something because he was a heavy smoker. And uh, mm. the, yeah, they think he decided to take a lot of pills. Yeah, it's so. kind of looked like that's what happened there. But you know, he's a radio guy, so what a dope anyway. So if pe- yeah, so if people can't listen live f- to Dave, your husband collects big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's eleven to two a.m. Central Time. So if they right, want to listen right. the next day, they just become a, they call it a time traveler, and you just pay five bucks. <laughs> it's it's four ninety nice. nine a month, and you that's get all nice. the archive. I know that's pretty <laughs> cheap for time travel. <laughs> I know, really. What do you think about? Yeah, it? yeah, but yeah. So that way they can get all the archives, even going back when Art Bell started the show. So you have many years of right, archives right. that yeah, you can listen good. to. 
That all works out. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I'll, I'll leave it alone, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm, I'm on the Newser website, which is a big news delivery mm-hmm. service. The Newser website, that Rush Limbaugh story keeps popping up. It's just weird. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that is strange. It's 12 years old. What, did that, what do I care about wiener pills for Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> this I mean, is what this. happens when the world's run by AI. It's like yeah, well, yeah, it things. Is. You're yeah. like, why is that happening? Because a human does not run Newser. very true. <laughs> Uh, and I also don't believe this story. It says the actress who plays the nun is gorgeous in real life. <laughs> no. I'm not. Bi- it's what it says right here. See that? Actress who plays yeah, the nun. Yeah, have you seen her picture? Yeah. Her, you showed me her picture. Without the makeup and all that. Kind of a pointy nose. Yeah, She's got a very, yeah. I don't like being mean, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But. I think I said to Tom uh, when we were talking about it, I'm like, her nose makes uh Owen Wilson's nose look cute. (laughs) Penis nose. She's got a very witch-like nose. She does have a real long point, pointy nose. It's true. Mm -hmm. All right. Seen Amy Klobuchar's daughter. She's in a commercial with her mother. She is. What about her? (laughs) Don't be ripping some little kid. That's terrible. I don't think she's a little kid. I think she's a horrible human being. I think she's at least eighteen. Well, that's good. You can rip the hell out of her. All right, I've tortured everybody else on the show with this, but now I'm going to torture Ryan and BS. It's going to be phenomenal. Okay, I'm going to read just one paragraph of the story, and then I'm going to show you the picture. Okay. I don't even do that. I'll read two uh, two lines. Addict allegedly stole dying daughter's opioids. Okay. Yikes. Uh, Carol Balwig confessed after the tip from the hospice staff. This is the mother who stole her 20-year-old dying daughter's opioids. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. That's a look for you there. Uh. She looks like um, the ring who dyed her hair blonde. <laughs> <laughs> the ring dyed her hair blonde. Yes, that's exactly what she looks like. It's true. That is what she looks like. Oh. I, you know, I, I'd stop getting in BB gun fights if I were you. Yeah. It's, it's not working out. I've showed that picture to everybody in this building. Oh. That's, uh, oh boy. Yeah. Take yeah. care of yourself, everybody. Moisturize. <laughs> you know? Moisturizer. A little moisturizer. That'd be good. Mental, physical health. Just, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, really that's not good. acne. That's no. tough. That's that not is acne. tough. So when you were addicted to drugs. No. Yeah. <laughs> is there a big, big drug tra- Somebody told me there's a big drug trade in Utah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder why. What that's all probably. About. I, it, I I I don't know anything, so I'm just. I have no idea. But um, I lived in Utah for a long time, and um, it's. Uh, I don't know. It it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if under the radar, like a lot of the country, there's yeah, a big yeah, prescription right. drug problem. Yeah, that's true. Where it's it's that kind of the community where it's like, well, there's no escape. We don't drink, but this is okay. My doctor gave me this, and then. Mm-hmm. You get hooked on it, you know? I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I don't know any of that. I'm just guessing. But No, I, but, well, yeah. I, I, I can tell you for sure that Ryan does zero drugs and he doesn't drink a lot. <laughs> I never have drank, actually. There you go. Wow. You know yeah. how I know that? How? How old are you? 42. You look like you're 14. <laughs> yeah, okay, was, so yeah. That's how I know you don't drink a lot or do a lot of drugs. He does. Yeah, he, you look very young. Oh, uh, well, that's nice. I feel like I'm, I see pictures now and I go, okay. I looked, <laughs> I, I looked 25 for like, from 25 to like 35. You still do. And then like 36, I looked, I felt like my age. 
But I don't know. But now it's but fell behind you. again. Yeah, good. No, it's good. A nice fresh face. You know, it's a good thing in a forty-two-year-old. Thanks. Yeah, it helps in this career a bit. <laughs> yeah. People I go, "How long you've been doing this?" You know, fifteen, sixteen years. What? <laughs> I'm t- what? I'm yeah, telling people you. don't get that it takes a long time to really hit your stride doing stand-up. And Is so, it ten years really? Do you think? That I think a so. Lot of people told yeah. me it's ten yeah. years minimum. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody's different. Nobody has the same path, so you can't go, I'm just going to put in 10 years and then I'll be right there. But it's yeah. uh, it just takes a long time to f- get real comfortable, figure out. And that's what's fun about it is you really never stop growing and no, learning no, as an artist. So not, it's, yeah. it's fun. That is very, very true in the, yeah. in the comedy business. It, it kind of, I don't know, I, and I don't mean this to be hypercritical of the 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 job or any of the rest of it but it seems like it's kind of time for something new to happen in comedy yeah it's very it's kind of a cyclical thing where yeah, it it's is, like absolutely. it becomes popular it drops off it becomes popular again mm-hmm. and then there are trends in comedy you know where it's like it feels like for a while there was you know we, we really want to hear the raw open book tell yeah. everything about your life right and that was never my brand of comedy i liked being more broad and observational and but you're, not, you're not real negative, though. You just have, no. like you don't like Nick DePaul is a good friend of mine. I've oh, known Nick for a long time. Yeah. he's constantly getting into trouble because of the things he says. Yes, it's like, right. Nick, you ever gonna learn that, that not everyone's a New York Italian? I guess he's from Boston originally. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say New York. But right. I love Nick, but he's just like Nick. You can't say those things. People yeah. are gonna get mad. <laughs> it's like, God. Great guy, though. He's a really good oh, guy. he's fantastic. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. He's you wonderful. Know, he's asked me to come on his show when he had the show a couple times. It was where he didn't have the he didn't have the podcasting. Well, he's got the podcast, but for a while he was oh, on serious, right? I think you. Yeah, he I don't was know. I, I don't yeah. follow that very well, so I hope I'm not I saying anything. Nobody else does either. Out of turn, but <laughs> yeah. But I, he would go. You want to come on? I go. I don't know, Nick. I really like you. <laughs> Nick would go. I understand. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, that's 100% true. I understand why you don't want to be anywhere near yeah. me. Yeah, that's nice. That's really but good. But he's fantastic. It's so funny. so funny. I'm telling you, I'm very, very lucky because I just have gotten to know so many people in your business. And last night, I got a call. He's going to be mad as hell at me because Paul Mercurio called me last night and I just got the message this morning. Oh. I love Paul. Though. Yeah. Paul, I've known him forever. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. Yeah. A lot of really good people. In- oh, you know what? We've got to yeah. take a break. We'll be right back in two minutes. All right. RH is here. Back me. Tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10 30. That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> That's everything. Uh, Saturday, 8 o'clock sold out, but the rest of the shows are good. Oh, big shot. <laughs> we sold out one. We sold out one. <laughs> we sold out one. It's <laughs> pretty good considering it's nice out, actually. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's very. We're having true. kind of an Indian summer right yeah, now. Yeah, it feels it's much more Native warmer. American summer. Oh, let's yeah. get it right. <laughs> hey, I don't. Think, I got in enough trouble in my life. I don't need more trouble. We'll be right back in two minutes, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of ninety-two point five pound weight loss at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth. With their weight loss plan, I started in March, and in just over five months, I learned about clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. I'm now on the reset phase, and then on to the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program, which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It's on Monday, September 17th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. 
Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. I guarantee you that. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on September 17th. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Is this guy who played lead guitar on the Monsters theme? <laughs> this is uh, the B-52s. It's yeah. called Private Idaho. I love this song. Oh. I saw them Idaho. at the <laughs> state fair, and they performed this, and everyone was just going nuts. It's a great song. Yeah. Oh, this is great. They're, they, they are a fun group to watch, like seeing concerts. Oh, I would love to see them. That'd be yeah, fun. it's kind of... it's. <laughs> but <laughs> the women kind of look like um, like a I want to call them like you know Carol and Thelma. They look like the drunk do, grandma yeah. and aunt at a party, sure. and it's like oh, yeah. grandma got Very. into the wine again. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're they've aged, That's true. you know. <laughs> sure. That's true. Wow. You know, Idaho, you got you got B fifty twos. My favorite baseball player of all time was born in Pocatello. Idaho. Really? Who's yeah. that? Harmon Killebrew. Wow. I don't know baseball well enough. One of the greatest hitters of all time. He was amazing. Wow. He used to hit like your 600-foot home runs. Wow. One of those guys, I didn't know, know that. Pocatello's yeah. not too far from where I'm from. Pocatello, yeah. Idaho. Yeah, he's uh, Harmon Killebrew. Great guy. Where did he play? Minnesota Twins. Oh, he played for the well, Twins. Well, he started with the Washington okay. Senators in Washington, yeah. D.C., and then when they moved yeah. here, he became a Minnesota Twin as well. But nicest man you'd ever want to meet. Wow. Just a great guy. It sounds it, like Pocatello. It's a Does it? Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand Pocatello is a very friendly town. They're nice people. It's a nice town. Ta- it's a nice little. T- it's a university town, and it's like fifty thousand people, and yeah, it's nothing nice. wrong with that. Yeah, but it, the great thing about him is that, that later on, somebody told me a story that he was a, he was Harmon's next door neighbor when he lived here, and he said. Here's a guy, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, obviously, when he was, he had almost 600 home runs, just wow. phenomenal. Great, great for the, you know, great image for the team. And he said, I got to tell you a, a Harmon story. I said, yeah, okay, what's that? He goes, yeah, I know you love Harmon and you think he's the greatest guy ever. And I said, yeah, I do. I think he's wonderful. He said, well, I'm living next door to him. And I could hear his wife on their front porch say, Harmon, we have to do something about this. The boys are running all over our front lawn and just tearing it up. It's horrible. And Harmon said to her, 
Yeah, we're raising boys, not grass. <laughs> now, that's, that's a great, great thing to yeah, say, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful attitude. Yeah. So you should be proud of your state. You have potatoes and Harmon. That's it. <laughs> I am proud potatoes of my state. Yes. Is, I, do you go, now, how often do you go back? As often as I can get back. My family's still there in the little town that I grew up yeah. in. My parents are, and... Um, I, it's beautiful there. I love getting back. It's it's uh, it reminds me who I am. It's a respite yeah. from everything. I get recharged. Um, so maybe three or four times a year I so make it home. Where do you fly into? I fly into Idaho Falls, which is just yeah, okay. north of Pocatello, actually. Right. So I got everything. Pretty much every flight in Idaho Falls is either Denver or Salt Lake. So I go to Salt Lake. Idaho Falls, yeah, I and then it's that. like an hour drive from Idaho Falls. The only, so I, the only thing I don't like about flying in and out of Denver, mm-hmm. it's always windy as hell. Oh, the yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, good God, can we settle down a little bit? We're Denver's just, uh, just a strange airport. It's out in the middle of nowhere. You're like, why are we so far away from anything? And why are there all these tent top? What's yeah, the tent thing? Yeah, the tents are weird. And, what is that? Yeah. Well, there, there was like some conspiracy with yeah, the Denver. Yeah, I've heard about that, too. Denver airport what yeah um they think it's like an illuminati type oh i've heard about that yeah, yeah oh, wait a minute. i want to really, hear about this it's I, really I don't know this. weird yeah they they um uh like they say they have underground tunnels and bunkers oh, for yeah, like rich that. people that have bought you know in case mm. if there's like a an apocalypse type thing um that they say that that's <laughs> where like <laughs> They, like, have their headquarters to run the world. I mean, there's so many conspiracies coming out of the Denver airport. I don't know really? why. I don't get and that And they either. say that there's, like, um, like clues and symbols right. in the airport that'll point. Yeah, so I, they have, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, it's a very weird. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it some really people have is. done, like, you know, like, reality-type shows where they try and investigate the Denver airport. And, obviously, there's a lot of restricted areas. So they, what I, I think, Well, there are airports I anyway. want to say Jesse Ventura, his conspiracy. No, not Jesse Ventura. <laughs> That's hard to believe. I went to the Denver airport and it was all these secret tunnels. <laughs> settle, down, settle down there, Jesse. Yeah, it, it was a crazy. It's a crazy thing. I, I, I don't know why they picked Denver Airport and what's the purpose. But yeah, I got a suggestion for you. You know, what, did this just happen or has it been a long-standing thing? Um, let's check Newser. Yeah, they have a check Newser for a story twelve years. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wonderful. I'll no, try and find something because I didn't notice any of that stuff. But the reason I didn't notice is because they have edibles there now. Yeah, <laughs> you could care less. Right, it's funny. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't care what you do. You can have all the tent tops you want. You can have all the... I don't care, man. I just... Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's I, weird. I, 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 I just, this is weird, but I just stayed at this resort. This reminds me. I just stayed at this weird resort. Have you ever heard of this? In West Virginia, I had a show there. And in the 40s, it was built. And they had a secret deal with the government to... Ha- to build a bunker under the resort that would house Congress in the event of a nuclear war. Really? Yes. And then in the 90s, it, like the, the Washington Post ran a story about it, and it was secret for those 50 years. Mm, okay. And now it's out, and it was leaked. And so now the bunker is like a casino in the bottom of this <laughs> it is? resort. Yeah, it it's was a casino. Re- yeah, it's a, it's a weird little casino <laughs> in this resort up in the mountains in West Virginia. It's I a strange that. place. It's called the Greenbrier. It was really oh. weird. So Is that's it by the golf course. There's a green yeah. Oh, so it's there. I guess so. Yeah. I think I have heard about. This. Yes, and they it's have tennis, very very wealthy area. tournaments there and stuff. I yeah, think. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I'd never been there. I'd never heard any of this. I was just there last week for a gig. I heard it's hard to get there. Yeah. Oh, man. That's what everybody tells me. It's really hard to get there. I I made a joke. I almost missed the show, and I made a joke on stage. (laughs) But, you know, I I can't believe any of us made it. And it was, everybody agreed. It's so hard to get there. But it's a cool place. That's what they tell me. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah. A friend of mine used to play golf there all the time. Yeah. Just supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, talking about Denver, that was weird. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? Inside the okay, I'm back to the Denver airport. Yeah. But I'm just really she's re- not going to give it up. <laughs> no, listen to this. Inside the airport, they had like some artists come in and paint a bunch of murals. Like you know how yep. they yep. when you walk down like um, the corridors and stuff. Uh, there was murals of the devil jumping out of suitcases, <laughs> as well as a statue of Anubis, the ancient Egyptian god of death. Anubis. Anubis. Anubis? Yeah. Okay. And then there was the most controversial one that has been removed now, but features a character that resembled a Nazi officer in a gas mask, children in front of a burning building, and kids gathered around a knife. Why would they beat those girls <laughs> at an airport? I know. But you cannot wow. get on with three ounces or more of hand sanitizer. Oh, that's right. So they had the devil jumping out of suitcases. They had... <laughs> Anubis. Yeah. Well, yeah, they got that giant strange. horse with the glowing red eyes. Oh, yeah, on the on the way to the airport to from the, the airport. city. Yeah, yeah. It's like 40 feet tall or something. Yeah, crazy. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they're saying it was built by a Nazi group of the New World Order, that airport. Mm. Why do I keep missing all these invitations to <laughs> outfits like this? I could be sitting, living a life of luxury. I must have missed the email. Tom, why don't you become a Nazi? Yeah, I don't know, it's so weird. God, Nazis. Oh, it, that whole thing is unbelievable to me. I, I we just talked about that this morning, uh, and at the beginning of this show is all of these things that people believe, and yeah, you know, there's the far left, and there's the far right, and then there's the rest of us that are just trying to get by right. in life without yeah. hating everyone who moves. But I, it just amazes me that people actually believe to such a degree that they're right. Right. It's like I still learn things from friends. You know, I'm yeah. I'm more than high school age. Right. I'm older than you by far. <laughs> but I just, all this time, I don't, I'm not convinced I know a lot about anything. Yeah. Why do people think they have all the answers? I just don't get that at all. I think that's a sign of a wise person. You don't know everything. But you don't know everything. Right. Do you have a, is it tough now to be a, a a stand-up comedian because everybody is so incredibly touchy about everything. Yeah, it is. So I it mean, is. Yeah. I mean, I have a, f- a few jokes in my special. I had one joke about. It's it's very. It, to me, it's just like you kind of come out of the joke going. I think I know where he stands, but it's really just about the situation in general. Yeah, you know, I right. have material about that. I sent out an email blast just yesterday. Didn't mention anything political. Just my dates. That's it. I got back one email that said, I'm only interested if there's not any political material. Like There like, you go. I didn't even mention anything political. It's no, just... I, but people yeah. are sick to death of it. Yeah. They're just sick of it. Yeah. I am. Yeah, it's hard. And I'm on a show and I try to... You know, I, I have voted Democrat in my life. I voted Republican in my life. Me too. I've skipped elections completely because yeah. I didn't like either one of them. Still a great line. Who's, whose joke was that again? Picking between oh Arsenio Hall was just on a morning show oh, yeah. yesterday and he said it was really funny <laughs> he said yeah that last election I didn't uh, 
I didn't vote in that election with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton because it'd be kind of like choosing your favorite uh, Menendez brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. It's like, really? This is what you got? Right, right. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, the whole climate, it's just overwhelming. Just the stories coming out. I've been talking about, remember when uh, Hawaii was under nuclear threat for like a day, an afternoon? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the the sirens misfired and and the governor didn't know what to do. Other than that, though, everything was going really well. (laughs) I was walking through a hotel lobby when I, it was just telling to me that like I saw the headline and my reaction was Hawaii under nuclear threat. I didn't even break my stride. I just kept, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's nuclear war day, I guess, yeah. you know, let's get food. It is what it is. It's yeah. true. Is anything shocking anymore? Right. Or maybe not. I don't know. I, I, but I just, I could see people, well, there'd been some video shot of, of guys telling jokes at particularly colleges uh-huh. People will stand up from their seats and start screaming at them. Yeah, like it's a you bought a ticket to come to a comedy show, really? Right. I don't know that you thought this was a you know daughters of the American Republic or what. Right. Heck. I know it's like, comedy. Calm down. I've had I've had people storm out of my shows what? shortly after the election. A few people. Yeah, I was doing jokes about just how. I thought we would have been done tweeting at this point. <laughs> I it's just, am. And, it's, you know, those are the jokes. Yep. And it's just like uh, the joke is I read somewhere that sometimes he will tell a different person in another room what to tweet. And I didn't think that was true. And then I realized these tweets read as if someone shouted them into another room. <laughs> <laughs> that joke. <laughs> That's a great joke. But that like, has made like people it. leave rooms. That Why? Show. Yeah. I had someone storm out and say, I, I don't want to hear anything about this from you. And about what, Twitter? About, I don't want to hear about the president from you. I want to hear about it. Oh, and, God. Uh, oh. He left. He, he messaged me later. See, God. I think maybe if you could laugh at politics, you wouldn't be so, you know, have your underwear in such a bundle. Right. Calm down. Yeah. Do you it, think any of these people care about you and me? Because they don't. I'm sorry. No. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or Obama or Clinton or George W. Bush. They don't right. care about you and me. Right. It's like, how can I make out from this deal? Right. I could become, I could add another billion. Right. To me, no matter what you believe, we've just never experienced anything like this. So it's never. absurd. No, I mean, there's true. things to talk about that aren't, in my mind, one way or another political, but... Yeah, people don't, don't take it that way. No, they do not take it that way. And you know, it's really funny because there's no middle ground. That if I'm talking to you and you say something that mm-hmm. I think is a bit, uh, you know, one way, I am now 180 degrees opposed to anything right, you say. Right, it's all <laughs> over from there. Yeah. It's all over from that point. So yeah, it's got to be tough to stand up on stage because you can't say anything about, I suppose, orientation, gender, race. Politi- you can't talk about anything. Yeah. Is there anything left to talk I about? I know. I mean, I, I'm generally talking about myself and try, I've always tried to be broad in observation just because that's what I enjoyed. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I don't have to change some things, but even I, I've dropped a lot of stuff recently. And, that's too bad. Yeah. I mean, could Richard Pryor do his act today? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt that he could be. JB, wake up over there. I'm fine. I heard every word you said. <laughs> I heard you snoring. <laughs> no, you I heard, heard like this. But <laughs> I, what do you think about that? I mean, like literally, 
the Exorcist bit on the. I hate the fact I can't even see the name of his own his album. Right. I yeah, I can. <laughs> you can. That's very, very true. But could he these days walk in on a, on an eight year old girl who's possessed by the devil and go, "Bitch, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> I don't know. He could do that anymore. Right? Probably not. Well, Dave yeah. Chappelle had issues. Chappelle, yeah, he did absolutely. You know, did. so it's like I don't think that Richard Pryor would be able to do what he did. I think you're absolutely right. I just don't think that that changed comedy forever. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate because there will be something again, you know, in your generation that's mm-hmm. going to change comedy forever. Right. And I can't wait. I, I, you know, I think it's wonderful to find people who actually have a sense of humor. It's how else do you live? I don't understand. I don't either. Yeah. I, I got to take one more quick break here. Be right back, Ryan Hamilton, at Acme tonight and tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty. But eight o'clock is sold out because. Ham on rye is a big deal. We also have a student deal, 10.30 show. It's $5 if you're a college student. If you're a student, really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. cool. Where did Lewis come up with that one? <laughs> Am I paying for it? Drunken college student. Lewis, every time you see Lewis, you go, here, you should buy this. I'm like, really? <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because you know they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking you know i had priority courier experts account rep in here about a month ago and who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the twin cities largest most reliable on-call courier service what's that number because the next package is going with priority courier experts already dialing 651-748-4477 priority courier experts can we help you can you ever priority courier experts every time you call us we deliver Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. This is one of my favorite songs. Really? Brian Adams? I like his voice. I like the beat. He's a good guy, too. It's before I was ever born, but I like it. Yeah, thanks for pointing out before you were born. (laughs) This came out before you were born? Pretty sure. This was like an 80s song, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing it on the radio. At the Q? (laughs) I don't know. I... KQ has always played. Yeah, it was oh 1984. So before I was born too. Before Andy yeah. was born too. I think my dad listened to WLOL a lot oh, and yeah. Cool One Away. Yeah. So anybody but me. That's great. <laughs> <It's> terrific. <laughs> I don't know if he listened to you. I don't. I don't think so because he hated you, Tom. And that's right. <laughs> oh no, he didn't. No. <laughs> she goes. Oh no, he didn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, what the hell? Um, we were just talking about some, you know, not really getting political about anything, but some observations people make that might be inaccurate because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, 
there is a there's a group called the Activists for Metro Transit in Minneapolis. Okay. And they've decided now that all Metro Transit should have no police presence. And I was kind of like, are you trying to get people killed on <laughs> Metro Transit? I mean, why do they care? Uh, apparently, they, they, they think that the police only rough up black people. Oh. But these are all white people that think this, by the way. I see. It's all honky yeah. women. So these, I didn't even understand. So it's so ridiculous because when I lived in Minneapolis, taking metro transit because mm-hmm. you don't really want to drive in Minneapolis no, when you live down there. Yeah. Um, but the 14 and the 5 went right by my school, and oh, so yeah. that's what you'd hop on. Well, the right. 5 is like the worst bus line to get on. People get shot and stabbed and fight. It's in my old neighborhood. I love it. <laughs> all the time on that bus line. And it doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter where they are, though, because like, it goes all the way from... The Mall of America all the way to Brooklyn Center. Brooklyn Center, right. So, exactly. and it doesn't matter where it, you don't have to be in North Minneapolis. You could be at the Mall of America and get stabbed on oh, that bus no line. Oh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> that bus line is very dead. Well, it, it's just that bus line. I got so, yelled at one time because I was talking about the five. Yeah. Because it's what I wrote as a kid because I lived in North Minneapolis, right? And I said, one great thing about Metro Transit trains and buses now is, especially with the train, you can take light rail because nobody pays for it here either. They're supposed to pay for it, but they don't. Oh, you could just walk on. They just walk on. It's got a, yeah, an honor don't, system. They don't really monitor it very well. They have a guy every once in a while. He comes through and checks your tickets. You know, like in the, the train, eighteen yeah. hundreds. Yeah. But um, yeah, you think there'd be some sort of system where you have to like beep in or something? But right. no. But so you might as well not. just pay the penalty if you ever get busted. That's what a lot of people say. Basically. Yeah, that's how they yeah. feel because they never get busted. Mm-hmm. Right, which is amazing. And buses, bus drivers sometimes just let people on because they, they do. Feel yeah. Ba- yeah. They don't care. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Well, they don't want to. They feel bad. They'll feel bad, or if some person's really being out there, they don't want to fight with them. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I like about it, though. When you tease people about this, their own brain gets transferred into your body. But by that I mean it's like I, when the Metro Transit train started running. I said the great thing about that is that when you take the, the, five, the, the, the light rail home at night, you can see a guy coming the other way on the other train with your TV in his lap. And that's all I said. People, oh, that's the most racist thing I've ever heard. I was like... I don't remember mentioning anybody's skin color when I right. said that. They go, oh, I said, oh, so you just assumed the thief was black. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's being who's racist? That? Yeah, who's being racist? <laughs> you or me? Because I, I didn't even think about that. But right. all these people think, oh, I, I know it's... I don't, I, I don't want to get real political about it, but I just I wish people would stop pretending they have all the answers. I guess that's all I'm saying. And that's both sides. Yeah. So it's not political. It's just you don't have all the answers. Calm down. The world's complex. It, it takes time to figure things out. Let's, you know. Do you think that they mentioned that because you mentioned the five bus line? Because yeah, the, the five bus it, line, yeah. you can't even, it, you have to walk from a bus stop to get to the light rail right. downtown. Right. And I don't think yeah, it do. crosses at all. So it's not even valid for somebody to think that i know it's not valid at all it's not even a valid and again it was they who assumed i was talking about a black person which i wasn't right i just threw it out there so who's the racist now (laughs) that's all i gotta say to you pal um 
Is there any any subject you just won't touch at all on stage? On stage? Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of them. Yeah, a lot, actually. <laughs> I suppose That's there true. are a lot of them. Yeah. For me, there are. Just because I, it's like if I'm going to touch one thing, if I have, you know, some explicit joke or something, it's like most of my act is one way. So if I just take out the one thing, mm-hmm. then I'm then my act's all... I think eventually you kind of have to make some decisions on who you're going to be for your career. Yeah, I think that's true. Eventually you kind of have to go, these are the people that I want to entertain. I enjoy entertaining people yep. who like yep. this. And that's who I am anyway. And sometimes you think of something and you go, that's funny, but it's not for me. So I think yeah, you're I, experimenting I for that. a lot of years and go, this is, works for me, this doesn't. And then eventually you just go, this is kind of who I am, you know. And, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so there are things I stay away from, sure. But um, just for that reason, you know. Yeah, I, I think I, there's great comedy across mm-hmm. the whole spectrum. It can be great. But that's just just happens to be where I fall and what I enjoy doing, how it comes out of me. <laughs> and I, maybe some people don't get that. It, when, you, when you do stand-up comedy or you're an actor or whatever it is, you should probably do things that you you really like otherwise it's not going to be you have to you yeah. have to don't you yeah i mean it makes sense to me right the whole thing does right me. if there's something that interests you or something that you think about a lot you just have to dive into that you know yeah absolutely no that's uh, absolutely right yeah yeah so it's, uh, that's the only way you'll make it it'll be good that's the only way that's exactly yeah. my feeling unless yeah. you really believe what you're saying or right see the funny twist and it's not going to work right i just i don't know why people do that but it's yeah yeah i suppose at first when you're getting out there you do pattern yourself after somebody sure i I guess when i started i was uh a lot like mitch hedberg that's who i minnesota's own yeah i know i know miss him very much i didn't know him well but he uh, and um but to me, it's like, yeah, that's not who I am now, you know, so right, you evolve, right. but you do start out yeah, as somebody. I heard Jim Gaffigan once say in an interview that um, he and, uh, oh, why am I, uh, Geraldo, Greg Geraldo. Oh, Greg, I loved yeah. him. Wasn't he fantastic? God, he was Just a great guy, too. He was one of the first guys I showed up at the Comedy Cellar in New York. He didn't even know me. He just said, sit down. Who are you? you know, he'd seen me no, on the last comic standing, and that was it. And he was nice. But um, I heard Jim Gaffigan say in an interview one time, I've never asked Jim about this, but I heard him say that he and uh, Greg started at the same time. And Jim wanted to be David Tell, and Greg wanted to be Brian Regan. Oh, yeah. Well, and yeah. somewhere yeah, along makes, the line, yeah, that's right. they, you know, kind no, of intersected. That's that, exactly. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Huh. It's like you just evolve, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's almost like you don't have control over it in some ways. You, you, you just explore who you are and what works and what the audience tells you works, and then it, it, you end up in a spot. And then as you're exposed to more things throughout your life, you do change. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not yeah. a whole lot like I was 20 years ago. Right. You know, and that's, I'm certainly nothing like I was when I was 20. Mm-hmm. I was a psycho then, though. <laughs> So it's probably a good thing that I'm not because I, I wasn't a clear thinker. Well, we all, what's it? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we caught you sleeping. <laughs> I saw it happen. Over. No, JB's got that. He's a, he's a, what is your actual title at the university? Athletic equipment manager. Athletic, so he's got to work till midnight tonight. So he hasn't had any oh, sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been there since 630 this morning. Oh man. You're going to be there till midnight? Yep. 
You look happy. Oh, yeah. Very, <laughs> very happy about that. Like the life is just a dream at this point. Mm -hmm. You said it, you've been there since 6.30 in the morning like you're still there. Like yeah, you never leave in your like head, it. right? Yeah. Well, he just came here to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> this is his breakfast. Yeah, half he does it every Friday. Every Friday he falls asleep in that Oh, chair. man, I don't blame him. That's, uh, oh, thank you. That's this is really endorsement of the show. <laughs> I'd fall asleep if I were in here, too. Someone last, fall someone, asleep every Friday. Someone last night told me, I watch your special all the time. I put it on just before I fall asleep at night. I oh, was thanks. like, yeah, this is, that's a weird compliment. It so just puts me right to sleep. Stimulating. Yeah. You find my material to be stimulating. That's really great. No question about it. I, I, see, I like you. I like. That's why I think I like stand-up people, you know, men and women, because first of all, the way they look at things. Um, I think I was told by by a psychologist when I was a young kid that I kind of see the world kind of bit askew. I don't sure. look at it like most people do, but I don't. Do you think most stand-up people look the same thing? They don't see the world the same as you, you know, that other people would. I think that's what a joke is. Kind yeah, of, you know, exactly. it's, it, that's it's like, oh, I never thought of that, or you know, that's right. the that's the reaction to a lot of jokes. It was just sitting right there in front of me, and I never saw it. That's the reaction to a lot of jokes, or that is so true. The classic reaction. And in order to get to that point, uh, yeah, I guess you have to see the world in a different way. But I think comedians are very introspective. Is oh, there's one no of, doubt about it. You that. know, yeah, there's no doubt. It's, uh, that's very shy. Yeah. Because people always, that's one thing that I have to tell people a lot is that I think I was more um, observant and introspective than I was like uh, a class clown, boisterous entertainer type of personality. Yeah, they have a hard time believing that because they think right. all stand-up people right. were the class clown and right. hardly any of them were. Right, yeah. It's just not the way they wanted to get laughs. Right. It's like a defense mechanism. So you learn how to be funny to compensate for other things. I think that's true. Well, yeah. Hey, that works for me. I right. Mean, I, I think yeah. that's exactly it. It's just right. um, this whole Norm McDonald thing that he's going through right now. I, I try to explain to people because I don't know Norm really well. I've, he used to come into studio once in a while, but I try to explain to people. He said the things he said because he's a comedian and he's a very funny comedian. And he doesn't see the world the same way you and I do, and his brain doesn't work like right. ours does, and yours doesn't either because it, because of your business. So he was trying when he said you'd have to have Down syndrome to not feel sorry for people. Like oh, that. I don't even know this story. Oh, you know anything about no, it? No, yeah, I, I had Norm to... got in a little bit of trouble this week because wow. he said a couple of things. He said uh, that you'd have to. He said up a hashtag. I'm glad the hashtag Me Too movement's slowing down because you know he just. Oh, you know, so you probably don't want to say that. No. And then he said, "Oh, you know, I didn't mean that. I didn't care about hashtag Me Too. I mean, you'd have to have Down syndrome to not care." So then he had explained that because he was on the Howard Stern show, and on Howard's show, you do kind of have to get that real edge on you, mm -hmm. or at least you think you do, I guess. And so, Norm Macdonald, and I'm not kidding you, this was his actual. His actual excuse, which I love Norm MacDonald. I think he's hilarious, right? But he said, well, the, reason I, the reason I came up with uh, you'd have to be have Down syndrome was I initially was going to say you'd have to be retarded, but I didn't want to say that. <laughs> and he was serious. He I was, actually believe that. I yeah. do, too. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to yeah. tell people. Yeah. I just think it, that he didn't want to say retarded, and he thought Down syndrome didn't sound as bad. 
in the moment as a comedian you're going you're trying to find a laugh and you your brain is doing a hundred things at one time yep. and you go oh that's the word i can't say searching for another one mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've got like a half a second yeah, to find it. yeah. right see i'm really glad you said that because that's what i've been trying to tell people for a couple of days it's it don't think that these people think like you do because they don't and that's just it. People get pissed off at me because of some some ad lib I make on the show. I don't look. I don't think like a stand up comedian, but I don't think like other people either. I don't think anybody. Well, maybe these political parties in the far left and far right. They all think exactly the same because they couldn't tolerate anything. Else. But I loved your your take on that. That's exactly it. I got a thousand things going on in my head because of, you're a stand up comedian. Uh, I can't say that, but I wanted well. Look, the buzzer just went off, so I know I can't say that, so I'll say this. Yeah. He didn't mean to hurt anybody. It's just yeah. his job to be funny. And on the Howard Stern show, you have to have a hell of an edge. At least that's a perception. Yeah. And forgive the guy. He's a very funny guy. Yeah, he's so funny. I don't know Norm, um, but uh, that's too bad. Well, we got to close it. We got to close out anyway and get you uh, get you on the movie. It's been really nice of you to come here, but thank you. I will tell you. Um, my favorite Norm McDonald story. He's a MC in a show, and Bruce Coburn is on the show. Like, what was that? That's just the way it is. With that, that was Bruce Coburn, wasn't it? That's just the way it is. Some things, whatever. But anyway, Norm doesn't know Bruce Coburn, so he comes up on stage and says, "Ladies and gentlemen, yeah." Please welcome Bruce Cockburn, because his name is C O C K B U R N. Oh, right, right. So he goes, Bruce Cockburn. So after the show, Bruce Coburn comes up. He goes. Hey, look, uh, Norm. I got to tell you, it's. I know you didn't know this, whatever, but uh, it's actually Coburn. The C and K are silent. And I said to him, I said, uh, "Aren't C and the K the like least <laughs> least silent letters in the alphabet?" Yeah, yeah. It's Norm's like, "You think this is my fault?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think this is my fault? Yeah. Not my fault. Ryan, it's always a great pleasure to have 14-year-olds come in. <laughs> Honest to God, you look, you. you look as young as you ever did. That's phenomenal. Oh, thanks. You must I appreciate be living a life of peace or something. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. Well, yeah, but I don't York's there no anymore. pollution. Like yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Great having you in. Thank uh, tonight you. and tomorrow night, but the 8 o'clock is sold out tomorrow night. Yep. So 8 and 10.30 tonight, 10.30 tomorrow night, and they'll all sell out. So get off your ass and get over there. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets. Great to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you. Have a great week.